Coming up on this week's episode, Pete is back with a teaser. We look at the action from the Premier League, including goals galore at the London Stadium and Vicarage Road. There's an EFL update, and we can we see if Yeovil can close the gap on Barrow in the National League. Can Liam make it four wins in a row on predictions? And I have more Wonders of White, which features the stat on a new Premier League striker. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to View from the Sideline podcast. It's episode 20 and Chris here and hello Liam. Hello Chris, how are you? I'm alright, thanks Liam. Uh, yourself? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Back to a bit of a disappointing uh, weekend for you this weekend. <laughs> uh, it, was a, it was a great midweek last week and then yeah, back to work with a bit of a bump for Villa unfortunately. But yeah, we'll, uh, we'll go through that game in a bit. Um, first up, we've got Pete, who's back with another teaser. So let's hear it, Pete. Which player is America's all-time scorer in the Premier League? Okay. Oh, oh American all-time top scorer in the Premier League. Um, one one name comes to mind straight away. I don't know about you, Liam. Yeah, I think so. Uh, in fact, he's the only player I can think of. <laughs> at present so uh, I think we might be on the same wavelength so I think we might have got you again this week Pete but we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll see later on in the podcast if we have got that one right so we'll start uh, with the Premier League uh, review uh, I'm sure Rich would have loved to have uh, done a bit on this one but Tottenham Man City first obviously Tottenham coming away with the three points um, what did you think of the game well, I'm I'm sure Rich would have loved to have been on this week, because yeah, I've got to be honest, I didn't see this coming at all. Um, yeah, great win for Spurs. To be fair, obviously there was a few contentious decisions. I've really enjoyed the gif of Mourinho clapping <laughs> and then going, I'm really happy to furious. Literally the best thing I've seen for a while. Um. But to be fair to Spurs, they dug in, kept it nil-nil. Obviously, great penalty save. Um, bad game for Sterling as well. Uh, great for, I, I want to say, Bergwijn. I don't know how you actually yeah, pronounce it. Yeah, I think that's he it, looked, yeah. And, I mean, he's, he's been in the Dutch league for a few years now. Quite surprised that some big team haven't bought him before. I think Spurs have got a good player there. Um, took his goal well and... Yeah, I think by the end of it, Spurs more than deserved the win. Yeah, I have to say, I think Pep will be quite furious. I think that Man City actually didn't take the lead in this game. Uh, obviously, they missed the, the penalty save from Lloris from Gundogan, and then he missed a glorious chance as well. Gundogan almost an open goal, and he, he completely skied the chance. I think there was about three City players inside the box, so like one of uh, Tottenham's defenders. So. He had a really good chance there. Uh, I don't think there's any, you know, uh, Zinchenko getting sent off. I don't think he can really contest anything there. I think he was deserving of a second yellow. And like you said, Bourgeois, I thought he had a really good concern. It was his debut. I think that's a really, really good uh, debut for him. I think Mourinho came out after the game and even said he was he was really happy how he, you know, adapted to the game really quickly. Um 
But I thought Tottenham were, were, were brilliant second half, to be fair. Um, obviously now close the gap to fourth. Um, I've heard a lot of people say this week that maybe Tottenham are going to take that fourth place. I'm not sure what you think, Liam. Well, I think they've got a long way to go. I think they're, they're struggling in some ways to adapt to Mourinho's style. I, I've got to be honest, I think with... Bergwijn coming in, I, I really thought it wasn't a Mourinho-type signing. I thought of all the places that Spurs needed to strengthen, you look when they're without Kane, you look at their defence this year, um, I didn't really think a winger was something that they were lacking as such, but he obviously has added something to them. Whether he can keep that form up, I don't know, but it, obviously I think it depends on when Kane comes back. If he can come back sooner rather than later, then I think they'll have a chance of getting in the top four. But Simon, yeah. I think this is more a, a sort of flat in the pan result, maybe not. You know, not that they're not going to win again, but uh, obviously they're going to put, put together some wins before the end of the season. But I can't see them closing that gap. Personally, I think they've got it's a huge, much. huge game coming up in three weeks' time when Chelsea take on Tottenham. I think. You know, top to win that one, uh, potentially only be a point behind. So, all to play for in that game. Um, speaking of teams, you know, not all to play for really. Liverpool at the moment, <laughs> so yeah. far in front. Um, I think we're going to be saying it, you know, for the rest of the season now. How soon do you think that they can win the league? Because oh, for me, I think they could have this league wrapped up middle of March if they, if they keep playing the way they are. Comfortably, I think they're looking at uh, at the Everton game again at Goodison Park to win the title at the moment. I think they're relying on Man City cool. dropping a couple of points, but that would be very sweet for Liverpool fans if they could do oh, that. Oh yeah, definitely. I think yeah, you're you're looking what 22 points clear now, so they could have it wrapped up with 10 games to go. I think you know Man oh, City yeah. could conceived conceivably drop eight points between now and then. Um, yeah, I think you're looking at probably the earliest uh, title win. It's the biggest margin that's ever been in the Premier League. So, yeah, you're looking within the next month or so, I think. Yeah. I reckon eight weeks. Obviously, yeah, so last, obviously, since we did the podcast last week, they beat West Ham um, in the middle of last week, which meant they have beaten every single team in the league this season. Um, I think Klopp summed it up himself, really, at the end of the game in the interview after. He said that when his team are rolling, they are incredible. Uh, and I don't think anyone can dispute that, really, to be fair. No, uh, it's 100 points out of 102, which is incredible. I mean, that kind of run just doesn't happen, really, in this day and age, but they've still managed to do it. And First half, to be honest, I thought against Southampton it was quite even. Um, but like, yeah, like Klopp said, once they get on a roll, they are hard to stop. And in the second mm. half, once they got that first goal, they get that confidence up. They get the Anfield crowd behind them, and there was absolutely no stopping them this week. And it, I felt quite sorry for Southampton. I thought the scoreline was quite harsh on them. They had a few chances. I think I thought the first goal. I personally didn't think it was a penalty to Southampton. No, I, I, I agree. They were annoyed that, you know, he has gone down in the box. They've appealed for it and play has gone on. Obviously, he played to the whistle. But, you know, on another day, with another ref, 
if it had been at St Mary's, he might have given something. You, you never know. So I did think that they were a bit unlucky. Yeah, I thought, like you just said, I think first half, it was it was just Liverpool going through the motions, just Southampton having a couple of chances, but once they got that first goal, it, it just looked like it was game over. So another win for Liverpool, another three points. They rolled on. Um, we'll go on to the West Ham Brighton game now, which is probably the most eventful game of the weekend. Um, quite a few goals in this one. <laughs> yeah, really entertaining. Could um, could Snodgrass score any more deflected goals if he tried? Or I think both of his goals, I think, caught massive deflections. To be fair, um, but I think West Ham will look at this game now and and just see how badly they were defending second half like obviously Pascal Gross's goal for Brighton was an absolute mess at the back for West Ham the two defenders just I don't know what they were doing got on each other's way uh, and you know that was it and then obviously Murray's goal you know getting the game the comeback was complete obviously that went to VAR but for me, you know, looking at that table now, West Ham have just been slowly and slowly but surely moving more and more south of that league table and, and find themselves in the bottom three now. And they look like that they are in trouble. David Moyes has got a huge, huge task in his hand there. Yeah, he, he has. I expected a bit more of a bounce than I think they've got. He's, it's strange because he's normally so well organised, especially at set pieces. He seems to be a coach that you you very much get your basics right and then everything else will follow. And they just seemed hopeless. Like you said, the gross goal for Brighton, it was like they'd, ne- they'd never seen each other in defence. They were scared of the ball. They would just let it pass. <laughs> so it was bad, awful. wasn't it? <laughs> it was awful. Absolutely awful. And they're going to see it as two points dropped, obviously, from being 2-0 and then 3-1 up. But I've got to be honest, I think they were actually lucky to, like you say, Snodgrass, two deflected goals. I think they were quite lucky to be as far in front as they were. I think a draw is probably a fair result, but it doesn't really do either team too much good, I think, at the moment, because Brighton are slowly being dragged into the relegation battle as well, although they're a few points better off than West Ham are. But, I mean, it's great news for Villa to see someone else struggling as much as we are. But, yeah, (laughs) West Ham, clearly, they do need... Especially their home form, I think that's what's letting them down. Yeah. They're playing in front of a crowd that, I know the London Stadium is still fairly new to them, but a crowd that don't really get the atmosphere going and they, they don't seem to be getting many results at home. I just think what's what's strange is, is they have these players, they have quality players in that team. Felipe Anderson, he's, he's like a ghost this season. Yeah. He's he, he nowhere near the form he was at, la, like the start of last season, sort of dipped towards the end of the season. But um, for me, I think Arnautovic was a huge loss. I know he went last, I think it was last January he left, wasn't it? Um, but it just yeah. seems to be since then, they just haven't seemed to be able to replace him with a good enough striker. Like Haller, he, he's had a couple of good games this season, but I don't, I, you know, I. I don't think he's scored as many goals as what they were probably hoping that he'd be getting. So, you know, they find themselves in deep trouble and you've got to think to yourself, is David Moyes the right person to be in a relegation scrap? You know, he's not known for playing, 
you know, great attacking football. So we'll have to wait to see. But um, I did personally pick them as as one of the teams I'd see struggling. But we'll, uh, we'll wait to see in the next couple of weeks. Obviously, I think they actually play this weekend, I think. And then they've got their week off week after. So wait and see. So we'll move on to the Leicester-Chelsea game. Um, a few things from me on this one. Obviously, the fact that we didn't sign anyone in the transfer window, I was just slightly baffled, stroke disappointed that we didn't kind of go out there and, and look at anyone. You know, there's a lot of talk the last couple of days of deadlock before deadline day of Mertens coming in, which I thought was would have been a good signing, but it just didn't seem to 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 happen. Um, saying that, we've got Antonio Rudiger stick him up front, and um, <laughs> we'll be all right. Um, yeah, it was a great not, header, wasn't it? The yeah, second goal. And the thing is, we're not we haven't scored from many set pieces this this season. So to see that it was it was good, but we fell into some really really bad old habits uh, from the Sari days. Unfortunately, at the back, the defender just wasn't good enough. And I hate to say it, but, you know, obviously Kepper was dropped for Caballero and definitely the second goal, Caballero got caught in no man's land slightly. He came out to get a ball, decided he wasn't going to get it and was completely out of position, obviously, when Chilwell scored. So I think Kepper... That one. I I caught the highlights on Match of the Day and sometimes when a cross comes in and a keeper goes to try and punch it or catch it, you may, you kind of understand because it's such a quick decision that they have to make. But it was a really like floated ball to no one and he tried to chase after it towards the edge of the area. It was ever so, it was really strange. It's funny, he kind of got halfway and was like, no, I'm not getting that, I'm going to have to run back. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I don't really know what he was thinking there. But, I mean, do you think Kepa's done too much wrong to, or has he done not- enough to be replaced? Not, a, you know, I don't think he's done anything terribly wrong. Um, I think the thing was, obviously, this was a big game for us because we couldn't afford to lose it. Uh, you know, on, to be fair, w- watching the game back, I'd have to say I think we were. I was quite glad it ended it, you know, in a draw rather than obviously getting nothing. But um, no, it's hard to say. It's, it's a strange one. Let's just say that especially for the game that it is. Um, whether, you know, Kepa might have had a slight injury, I don't know, but they didn't say anything before the game that he did. So, I don't know. It's, it's just I thought it was a little bit strange because, obviously, we've literally we'd just closed the January transfer window and you would have thought if Lampard was unhappy with his number one goalkeeper, he would go out there and... I mean, maybe he's not in charge of transfers. I don't. I don't know. I, how... I think. I think that's the case. I don't, I don't think he he's in charge of, of that side of things. Uh, he just... probably he probably went to the board and said these highlighted a few players, saying this is the sort of player that we want. If you can get this sort of player, not necessarily the player that he's written down or a player that plays like that, then by all means go for it. But they didn't. Um, but. We've got Loftus Sheet coming back, uh, which is practically like a new signing because he hasn't played since last May. Uh, he actually played today in a um, uh, friendly, 
our uh, youth team had a friendly against Brentford and he played played in that one. So he is definitely on his way, but I wouldn't expect him to be back until at least start of March, I wouldn't have thought. So we'll, uh, we'll have to well, wait and see. Yeah, yeah, just in time for the, uh, for the Euros and the England squad, because I think Southgate seems to like picking him. Um, yeah. He's, he gets to run games. Yeah, he's deceivingly quick as well. I don't think people really realise that. He's quite tall, lad, but he is quick at the same time. Yeah, yeah, he is, and it's good to have someone with a little bit of mobility in midfield because I do think sometimes for England we lack it when we play like a an Eric Dyer and and people like that that tend to sort of stick very much to their positions. It's good to have someone that can roam them with a little bit of pace. So uh, yeah, I hope he gets a run of games, and I think Lampard is maybe the top manager. Oh yeah, him. he'll get games yeah, when he's fit. Okay, well uh, we'll we'll move on to the Watford Everton game. Uh, another really, really good game here. Um, but just like Rudiger, obviously Mina scoring twice for Everton, um, both from set pieces again. Uh, and obviously two well-worked goals for Watford as well. Uh, obviously Delph getting himself sent off. But obviously the killer blow for, for Watford was obviously right near the end where, uh, where they got caught on the break and Theo Walcott scored his first goal of the season. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I'd love to see Fabian Delph getting sent off. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> and we'll appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I think it's another case of maybe Watford lacking in confidence a little bit, going 2-0 up. And then they just seem to stop playing the way that they'd played to get them in front. And credit to Everton for coming back. Two very soft goals for Watford to concede from set pieces, uh, yeah, I that I think that this game out of the few that Watford have lost recently could be quite catastrophic for them because it looks like now the bubble has burst a bit for Pearson and when you're two nil up and you lose three two, especially at home, it can be quite tough to take, especially against ten men as well for the last twenty minutes or however long it was. So. Everton will obviously be really pleased. I think they were holding on for a draw towards the end and just about got a breakaway to to win it. But yeah, first goal for Walcott for a long time. So um, yeah, it's kind of good to see him back on the score sheet. I think someone who promised so much and then didn't really... Delivered so little. Yeah, it was uh, a good win for Everton and I think they'll take a lot of confidence into that. Like we said, most weeks Ancelotti does seem to be turning them around, albeit not defensively in this game. I think Watford's goals were both they were both very good goals. But um, yeah, I think you'll be pleased with how they've fought back because really they don't have too much to play for, I don't think. Yeah, they're, they're mid-table, but I don't think they're going to challenge for Europe. No, I don't, I don't think they will either. Um, but... Uh... It's, yeah, I agree with you. It, it, it does feel a little bit like the bubble burst for Watford a little bit in this game. Um, just so weird how you can play so well, get 2 the up, and then all of a sudden it was like someone flicked the switch and they were just poor. Like Both both Mina's goals were easily preventable, I thought, from, from, yeah. you know, from a Watford point of view. But No one on the post, that's why. No one on the post. Yeah. 
It's not a free header. The second one is just a free header and learn from your mistakes. Um, yeah. But unfortunately for Watford, I think too many mistakes this season for them. But um, well, big game for you at the weekend against Bournemouth away. Uh, I'll just yeah. say it was nice to see Ake score a goal. See being an ex Chelsea <laughs> player, always good to see him score. But Thank I'll uh, I'll let you. Uh, let you take this one home, mate, because I'm sure you've got a few things to say about this one. Yeah, I mean, again, I've said it a few times this season, we were really poor in the first half. Um, deservedly, we were behind. Uh, I don't think Bournemouth had to play too well to beat us, which was probably one of the more disappointing things. Um, I think the second goal, Ake's goal, could be looked at. It looks like that there's a potential push outside the Bournemouth box and then they sort of break away and score. But I am clutching at straws a little bit with that one. <laughs> I do think Bournemouth did deserve to be at least 2-0 up. But then second half, we came out again and it was like a different team. I don't know what Smith says to them at half-time. But we looked more up for it. I think he made a change. I think he, he bought off Conser for Engels. Um, at the back and we looked a little bit more assured and then obviously they get a player sent off which does us the world of good because against 10 men our record hasn't been great this season (laughs) as soon as that happened I thought well it's not going to be our day today but we did manage to get a goal back you know it didn't look like we gave up which was a a promising sign it was good for Samata to score on his debut Um, Potentially, there could have been a penalty, I think, somewhere through the second half. Their keeper did punch our player in the face. But, again, it's one that's sort of 50-50. The, the ball had already gone over the bar. So, um, yeah, it, was, it would have been a tough one to call. I think VAR did look at it and decide that it wasn't a penalty. But, to be fair, I can't really complain at the result. I think Bournemouth were better than us. I think they just wanted it a little bit more, especially in the first half. And... Um, our away record seems to be causing a real problem at the moment because we're not doing well away from home at all. And um, it's these types of games where you at least need to come away with a draw against the teams around you, if not beat them. And we're not doing that at the moment. We're, we're either playing teams at home and winning and getting last-minute goals and you think that a run is going to start and then we're playing the same teams away from home and... Yeah, capitulating a little bit. So it was a bit disappointing, but luckily for us, West Ham are in a similar position and um, we didn't end the day in the, bo- in the bottom three. So, yeah, every every cloud has a silver lining on that one. You, uh, you're definitely in a bit of a dogfight now, anyway, down, the, down that end of the table. But like you said, um, other teams getting sucked into, uh, into that battle is, is only going to be beneficial for you anyway so um yeah so we'll move on to the palace sheffield united game um all i've written uh notes wise for this one was what was the keeper doing (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, this is so strange i I, I don't think i've ever seen it it's just so weird how it happened like when you see the replay He's almost like lost his balance, or he's been blown over by the wind or something. It's just odd. Yeah, um, I've not seen it, in the, definitely not in the Premier League. It was a good corner, but 
He should be just taking that, shouldn't he? There should be no... Surely it's almost almost at head height for him. It's a fairly easy one to catch. And if you're not convinced you're going to catch it, it's a very easy one to punch. And I don't know why he's decided to just pat it down over the line. It was just really, really strange. I don't know why he's done that. Um, Yeah, I'm really not sure what was going through his mind. But for Sheffield United, they just find a way, don't they? Every time. They just find a way to win. Their away record is just so good at the moment. Um, I think they've just. I think it's just one defeat. I think in since January away from home. So last that's last January as well. Not even this January. So yeah, really well done for them. And you know, I, I when you I know, you know <laughs> Liverpool are running away with running away with it this season, but. If you had to say any, I don't because I don't personally believe that any team other than Liverpool and Sheffield United are actually having that good of a season. To be honest with you, right. I think for the the top the so called top six teams to be that far behind Liverpool is just astonishing, really, and it just shows how bad the league is at the moment. Um, but Sheffield United, I would say, are one of the only other teams in Liverpool that are actually having. A, a decent season. Uh, Absolutely, he's, he's got to be up for manager of the year. I, I, I think he may have won it last year as well um, when he got them promoted. But Wilder, for me, again, has got to be up for it. I think he'll get them into Europe this season. I think they will get into I Europe. Yeah. Really hope he'd love to see them um, in European competition. I think it's great. I think the way he plays is entertaining. I think it's good football, and yeah, they fully deserve it. Yeah. So. Um, well, this has never happened before, but we have actually got to talk about three nil-nil draws now. So, so <laughs> yeah. uh, let's start with the Burnley Arsenal game, um, where to be, it was probably a fair result. If anything, Burnley would probably feel a bit, you know, the team that probably should have gone on and won this game. But there were quite a lot of chances in this game, but just neither neither team just seemed to get anything on target. I think that was still. The problem, you know, each team did have a couple shots that were, you know, half decent. You know, both keepers made a couple of okay saves, but nothing, you know, out of the ordinary. But just, you know, it was, you know, it was just a couple of chances, and that was it, really. Yeah, it was. Um, it seemed. It almost seemed like one of those games where it's the end of the season, two teams are mid-table, they know they've got nothing to play for, so they, they're they almost on the beach already. And, um, yeah, I think this was two mid-table teams that are probably rightly mid-table this season, and I never thought I'd say that of a Burnley-Arsenal game. But, yeah, I think it's just two teams that, you know, I think uh, Burnley are obviously, they're, they're in a slight bit of trouble in relegation terms, but they're not going to go down. I think there's three worse teams than Burnley, so I think they're going to be fine. And Arsenal just lacks so much desire at the moment. I mean, this this is the kind of game that I think Arsenal teams previously have struggled in. Um, the sort of physicality of playing teams away from home and, uh, and teams like Burnley, but they just didn't seem up for it at all. It was quite worrying, I think, if you're an oh, Arsenal fan. More there's, there was just no real fight or passion and yeah 
Yeah, it was quite a boring nil-nil, really, wasn't it? Well, we've got a couple more to talk about yet, mate. <laughs> yeah. I fell asleep uh, in the next one, so... The main at Wolves game actually wasn't that bad for a nil-nil. Um, the only thing I would say is I know that they've obviously brought in Fernandez, but... I found it a little bit predictable the way that they were just trying to lay the ball off to him on the outside of the box. Yeah. I counted six times throughout the game where one of the forwards either laid it off to him on the edge of the box or they passed it to him, you know, and he just had a shot from outside the box. It just seemed very predictable. Um, But, you know, I'm assuming that you know, that's not just going to be what he's there for. I'm assuming that he can actually score inside the box. Um, I thought both teams actually played quite well. I thought, you know, May United on the attack, which normally they do, they do look quite threatening. And they actually had a good game at the back as well. I thought Maguire looked really good. Interesting now, obviously, they've brought in a Gallo to see what happens with him. Um, didn't really have the best record when he was here previously, but... You know, he's, he's only here for six months, so we'll have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, probably the strangest signing of transfer deadline day, that one. I, I really don't know how he's going to fit into United, but I guess they do need another striker, so the temporary deal was always on. But yeah, I think you're right. I think Fernandez was solid. I think he had a, a, a pretty decent debut for Yeah, yeah, he had a good game. Yeah. I just thought, you know... Just... yeah. They were predictable in, in just trying to get the ball to him, I think, to just try and give him a bit of confidence on his opening game. Defensively, I don't think either side were particularly troubled too much, but yeah, I think they were both relatively solid. Um, it was quite hard to make notes on this one, really. The only other note I've got is that Ed Woodward wasn't there um, because there wasn't, you know, it was sort of, there was some good attacking football, but it was that final ball again, I think, let teams down. Um, Rashford is a huge miss for United. It's so obvious when he's not playing. Yeah, he's like you say, the inventive seems to go. There's no, they don't seem to run at the defence. There's no that, that that final ball seems to be uh, missing a little bit, or that final finish. So, yeah, they'll want to get him back as soon as possible, or maybe Igalo will be the signing of the year, and we'll all be eating our words come no. May. No, we <laughs> definitely won't. One hundred percent, we will not. Yeah, I mean, he's had one good year in the Premier League and that's been about it. So um, yeah. we'll wait and see what happens on that one. But yeah, again, two teams, I, I think a draw will suit both of them. Um, I think neither team really wanted to lose it. So nil-nil was probably a fair result on this one. Right. Ne- next one was the worst of uh, the three nil-nils. Yeah. Um, keepers, both keepers made... A good save. That's that's all I've got. That's yeah. All I've got. Yeah. Bad, isn't it? Should be added. Good point for Newcastle, I suppose. Doesn't really help Norwich much, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think a point a point nearer to safety <clears throat> for Newcastle. Yeah. Well, they are they're two 0 up tonight, Newcastle. They are obviously FA Cup replay games tonight, um, mm. so they're two 0 up. So yeah. Um, well, that's it for. Part one, I promise that part two will be a lot more exciting and we will not be talking about nil-nils. So we'll see you in part two.
Hello and welcome back to part two of this week's podcast. We're going to go straight into the EFL review and Liam's got the Championship and League One. Yeah, so in the Championship, West Brom went back to the top with a 2-0 win over bottom club Luton Town. This was down to a surprise defeat, 1-0 at home for Leeds against Wigan, thanks to an own goal from Pablo Hernandez. Wigan moved to within two points of safety themselves at the foot of the table as they were the only team in the bottom five to win this weekend. <clears throat> Barnsley's struggle continues and they are now seven points from safety after a 2-1 defeat to Charlton Athletic with on-loan villain Andre Green scoring again for Charlton. In the race for the playoffs, Fulham leapfrogged Nottingham Forest into third place after an entertaining 3-2 win against Huddersfield. All the goals coming in the first half of that one. Nottingham Forest lost 2-1 to Birmingham despite taking an early lead. Brentford and Bristol City both kept at the pace and are now three points clear of seventh, Preston. Brentford won resoundingly away at Hull City by five goals to one and Bristol picked up an away win at QPR by a goal to nil. Preston lost ground in the playoffs thanks to a one-all draw at home to fellow playoff hopefuls Swansea. Elsewhere, Middlesbrough drew one-all with Blackburn to remain in 18th. Fun little fact for you, they are closer to the top of the championship than Manchester City are to Liverpool at the moment. Um, in the final game on Saturday, there was a 0-0 draw between Sheffield Wednesday and Millwall, who both remained comfortably in mid-table. The Friday night game saw Derby put four past Stoke, with Rooney on the score sheet again, and there was a one-all draw between Cardiff and Reading. In League One, Rotherham extended their lead at the top to three points, thanks to a 3-2 win against Burton at Albion. Wickham surprisingly lost away at MK Dons by two goals to nil, but still remained in second place thanks to Ipswich losing 4-1 at home to Peterborough. That means Peterborough overtake them in the playoff race. Speaking of playoffs, Portsmouth beat Sunderland 2-0 to go ahead of them into sixth spot. Coventry also won 2-1 away at Bristol Rovers to cement their position in fifth. At the bottom, both Bolton and Southend picked up vital wins in their bid to survive. Bolton beat fellow strugglers Tranmere 2-0, but still remain a long way from safety, with 17 points still the difference between them and 20th place Wimbledon. Tranmere remains six points adrift. Southend also won, and they are my team of the day after beating Lincoln two goals to one. They were 1-0 up for a long time in the game and conceded in the 89th minute to go to one all, and they thought their victory was over until a 96-minute header gave them the win. They are now still 12 points from safety, but... You know, miracles can happen. Uh, elsewhere, Accrington Stanley beat AFC Wimbledon by two goals to one. Former football manager favourite Gary Medine scored for Blackburn, although it wasn't enough as they still lost 2-1 to Oxford. Elsewhere, Shrewsbury came back down to earth with a bump by losing 1-0 to Rochdale. You are now up to date with Championship and League One. So, uh, League Two this uh, weekend. Swindon remained top. Uh, they beat fellow promotion hopefuls Exeter by two goals to one. Crew have moved up to second as they beat Walsall by 2-1. Also, uh, despite ending the game with 10 men, Puma for 1-0 against Newport. And they are in third. Exeter down to fourth. Northampton in fifth. They won 1-0 to Maxfield. Colchester sixth. They lost away to Cambridge by two goals to one. Cambridge actually scored twice in the last five minutes to win that one. And Cheltenham are back into the playoffs after winning 2-1 against struggling Morecambe. Uh, at the bottom, uh, Stevenage remained four points adrift after they lost at home to Leighton Orient by three goals to nil. Uh, they're now five points behind Morecambe, who are just above them. 
Uh, in the National League, Yeovil drew one all with Chorley. Uh, the Yeovil did leave it late. It was an 88th minute equaliser uh, for them after Chorley were reduced to 10 men. So down to fourth now in the uh, in the National League. So some ground to make up. Um, but Barrow are playing tonight, who are currently top, and they are losing to Dover. So yeah, so that was the EFL and Yeovil. So we'll move on to predictions. Uh, so you did it again, Liam. Yeah, smashed uh, it. Smashed it again this week. Um, you got 24 points. I got 19. So it's the closest I've been to you uh, for four weeks. So, uh, And our guest, Greg, uh, got six points this uh, last week. This week, uh, Rich has decided that he's going to try and defeat you, Liam. Um Bringing out the big guns now. Yeah, well, yeah. I, considering he's, he's got a worse overall score than me, <laughs> I don't actually know how much of a, of, of a help he's going to be, to be honest. So, yeah, should be interesting, that one. Um, but, yeah, so that will all be put on to our social media stuff um, in the next couple of days. And we'll see how Rich gets on. Maybe get him on back next week just to... Uh, either gloat that he's won or we can give some stick for getting a horrendous score. Definitely giving him some stick. Yeah. So, uh, here we go. Wonders of white time. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, Manchester City have lost six games this season. That's their joint most in a single campaign under Pat Guardiola. Uh, Ronaldo is the first Juventus player to score in nine successive Serie A appearances. And that breaks David Trezeguet's record from 2005. Sancho has become the first player in Bundesliga history to score 25 league goals before his 20th birthday. And oh, here we go. Mabwana Samata is the first Tanzanian to feature in the Premier League. That means he's the Premier League's 117th different nationality, nationality to play in the competition. Excellent. Gaz, great pronunciation. <sighs> well, yeah, I kind of, I got the hard, I got the hard bit right. Yeah, got nationality's got a bit wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's 117 different nationalities in the Premier League played in. Yeah, so that's quite a lot, isn't it, when you think about that is, it? That is a lot. I need, I need Tanzania's top goal scorer with one, so I'm happy with that. <laughs> okay, so we'll move on to the teaser. I, I don't know. I, it seems really easy. It seems like it's too easy to uh, to be true. I feel like I haven't given it too much thought because well, neither have I. It just came to me, and I just assumed that it was. I'm assuming we're on about Clint Dempsey here. Yeah, I, 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 that would be my guess. But now it's going to be someone ridiculous like Brian McBride or someone like that. I cannot think of anyone other than Dempsey. It's not Pulisic because he's oh. only just joined. Yeah. And it's not Altidore. It was the only other one I could think of because he no. literally didn't Never. score any goals. <laughs> All right. So yeah, let's I'm have a look. One else. So, yeah, we were right. With 57 goals, it is Clint Dempsey. Uh, do you want to take a stab at second? Um, second, I, I would probably go with Brian McBride. It was Brian McBride with 36 goals. I didn't think it was that many, to be honest. I thought he barely got double figures. And in third is Roy Wergel. 
No idea. No, neither do I. Never heard of him. Nope. <laughs> Coventry City player from 1994. Uh, so that played. Oh yeah, he he saw. Yeah, he. He was at Coventry at the start of the Premier League. Played played for them for three seasons. Wow. Yeah. Uh, oh, my thing's gone. I was going to tell you some other names, see if we recognise anyone else. It's just... Uh, all I seasons. Americans that played. Uh, Bocanegra. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember him. He used to get sent off a lot. Claudia Reyna. Yeah. His son is coming through Dortmund now, I think. Yeah, Pulisic uh, is there. Demarcus Beasley, Altidore, Jeff Cameron, Jaden Merritt, Langdon Donovan. Oh, I forgot uh, about Langdon Donovan. Yeah, DeAndre yeah. Yedlin. Brad Friedel. Brad Friedel and Tim Howard are on the list. Yes, they've, <laughs> they've scored. Yeah, they're joint 19th. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> oh, that's quite cool. Though. They're actually on the list. Um, let me have a look here. So yeah, so it was absolutely. So he, he has got a bit easy on us this week, Pete. I, I feel so yeah. So yeah, so that's um that's it for this week's podcast. Um, despite there only being four games next week, we are still going to do a podcast. Um, obviously we have still got EFL stuff and predictions, and I'm sure Pete will have another teaser for us. So anything else, uh, Liam? No, no, nothing other than, you know, Villa are now in the League Cup final. So, um, obviously, we're... Still, still we're, celebrating. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're obviously taking that over over staying in the Premier League. So, yeah. And to be fair, you've yeah. only got to play Man City in the final. So, it's, yeah. you know... No problem. No problem. No problem. Um, so, quickly, obviously, there's just some FA Cup games replays going on tonight. Obviously, Klopp, true to his word, uh, has stuck out the... Under twenty one side for Liverpool. Uh, Neil Critchley is in in charge there. It's currently nil nil, but um to be fair, shows we have not had a single shot at goal and we are in the well they've just kicked off second half, so so yeah, Newcastle two up against Oxford, Derby three one against Northampton. So obviously Wayne Rooney looking like he'll be playing against uh United, which will be good to see. And uh Coventry beating Birmingham in the most mind-boggling <laughs> situation ever. <laughs> the fact that it went to a replay just, just, I don't know, blew my mind even more. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was one deal to Coventry. So, uh, yep, yeah, so uh, we'll be back next week. So see you then.